means I will knock your punk ass down. Bringing it down, why? Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Big well. Uh, KC, y'all. Bringing it down, why? Who's the man? Who's the man? <laughs> Big well. Uh, KC, y'all. I could have been at a barbecue. Pack of tropical fruit bubblicious and some Skittles. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Fresh Podcast of LA, a Will Smith Appreciation Podcast. I am your host, Miggy Spicy, here with my not a co host, Mr. Sanchez. That's right, not a co host, just a frequent guest. Mm-hmm. Hi, <laughs> uh, honorary guest, slash co host. You know, there has to be a point where it's like more than six times on the show. You yeah. become a co-host. Nah. <laughs> I'm a featured guest, you know? She said nah. She said nah. nah. I'm a featured guest. Yeah, man. Featured guest. Uh, last time we were on, we were talking about the reunion. And what was that last episode? Oh, it was the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving. And now we are firmly into the Christmas holiday season. It's the we beginning are. of December. Gearing up for Christmas, but we're not at the Fresh Prince Christmas episode. Does it, do they have a Christmas? They have to have a Christmas. They episode. do. So that's why I was kind of like in a in a hurry to um to get these ne- these next two episodes out because right uh, the week of Christmas will be their Christmas episode. Ah, okay. So in three weeks we'll be talking about uh, I think it's called Deck the Halls. Oh, I see. Okay. And then um yeah, so we're kind of in line of you know when the show is pro- uh, probably airing. We're, we are falling in step now. Nice. We're up on the timeline. And uh, this one ahead. is, what's this one called? So we are, today we are talking about knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I just saw this last night and I'm like, wait, which one was that episode? Knowledge is power. Okay. Oh, you know what too? I was hmm. so mad at myself yesterday because I didn't know this episode was coming up. And the Thanksgiving episode, I told Johnny, when we get a Hillary centric episode, oh, no. we're going to call you in. <laughs> We're going to call you, and I know Johnny wasn't going to do a you, so I was like, it's too late. It's too late. So I did know. Maybe he's just sitting around thinking. Maybe he's watching this exact episode right now in his apartment. We don't know. But well, Johnny- it's Sunday. He's got the wrestling show. That's true. But, I mean, does he prepare all day for that? Well, remember last time he couldn't record on a Sunday because, yeah, he was watching pay-per-view or some uh, shit. I don't know yeah, what he was talking about. PP something. <laughs> yeah, a pay-per-view is all day sort of thing, but I think it's just a normal Sunday for them. Exactly. Um, no, but if Johnny is listening to this, I'm really sorry, dude. Uh, I'm sorry, too, but never to fear. I scrubbed ahead. This uh, I was like, there has to be another Hillary Central episode, and there is Centric uh, probably in about a month, so we'll get him back in for that one. Yay! Um, yeah, yeah, this was, this was, this would have been a good one to talk about, but yes, uh, this is knowledge is power. Uh, Hillary's got an expanded role in this one. Uh, I am a fan of this episode. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I like this episode a lot. Um, I think it's, 
Yeah, I, I think at a certain point, you kind of have to explain what is happening with all of these characters, right? Especially mm -hmm. when it's such a big extended family. And I think that's why so many sitcom families are usually like the ones, you know, it's maybe like two people max, like two kids max. And maybe mm -hmm. they've got, like, you know, a fun neighbor or something. It's so yeah. that way you don't have to go ahead and go through the trouble of doing what this episode is going to do, which is explain why Hillary is somebody who is obviously uh, of adult age, like college mm -hmm. age, and why yes. she's living at home. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the fact that it's a fabulous place in, right. in Bel Air. Um, yeah, and I think it, uh, it just... Yeah, I think it goes a long way with even just explaining where she's at in her life. And then also that the stuff that they don't go into detail. I don't know what the commute is like from Bel Air to, I believe, the school. UCLA, she, right? Yeah, UCLA, right? Yeah, but knowing what the area of UCLA is like, <laughs> I don't blame her at all for still living <laughs> Yeah, because really, we we live in the Los Angeles County, so we know uh, Bel Air isn't that far from UCLA because that's on the west side. But right. even if that's a 20-minute drive, it's actually an hour. <laughs> so you're dealing with traffic and parking and all this other nonsense, accidents. Right. Right. So I do appreciate that this episode not only is hilarious, but it does explain as to why Hillary is there and mm -hmm. why Hillary is always around. Because so often, and I don't know if many people remember this, because I don't know what the age range is of our listeners. <laughs> kids used to disappear a lot on sitcoms. They would disappear a lot. Who was yeah. the little uh, the little Winslow, uh, the little girl, the youngest Judy. daughter? Judy. Mm -hmm. Judy disappeared, I think, after, like, the first season or two. Right. Uh, who, Boy Meets World, Corey, and uh, what was the other one? Corey. And I forgot his sister. He but did we, have a little sister. He did. But, the, yeah, it used to be the two older brothers, Corey and who Who does Rule Frito play? Oh, sorry. Um, oh, crap. I don't. I, I totally gonna... blinked on his name. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come back to me as soon as I'm not thinking about it because it's Freddy? like no, that doesn't no. sound right. I, I, I'm yeah, I, I feel dumb because I do love that show. But yeah, <laughs> that used to be a three kid family, and at a certain point, they just got rid of her. Yeah, totally, and like without it wasn't, and even on uh, Family Matters, um, it wasn't just Judy. Didn't Richie also disappear after a while? I think so. The last season, maybe. Right, because it just wasn't, you know, Harriet and um, and Carl, Carl Winslow. It was them also living with Harriet's sister, Rachel, and mm -hmm. she had a son, Richie. And I, am I making that up? Am I just no. not making that correctly? Like, no, but I think no, that that's, Richie, yeah. was, Richie was there, and I think he disappeared after a while. Because mm -hmm. he just, there was no well, place that's, for them. That's the issue, yeah, and that's what this show does so well with Ashley, because Ashley plays that role of the youngest sister, and she's a nine-year-old, so she kind of falls in line with the, the rest of those characters that we were just talking about. Right. Um, but they give Ashley her own agency, her own storylines, you know, more than one-line zingers um, in the show. Right, but I'm saying that of all of the kids that would have been under the greatest risk— of disappearing, mm -hmm. like Judy, like, you know, the little, uh, right. the little Matthews girl, um, it <laughs> Hillary, just yeah. because they would have been able to explain like, oh, she's moving out. She'll be a recurring, she'll come in and out, you know, whenever mm -hmm. there's really no need for her, especially when you get into the fact that if you need a snobby, uh, fairly superficial character, Carlton also pretty f fulfills that yeah. to a great degree. 
And I love that they still figure out a place for Hillary and they're still so adamant that she does have a very integral part to the entire dynamic and the chemistry of the family and that they don't just give up on her and kind of maybe ship her off to, I don't know, like I I feel like any other sitcom would have been like, oh, she got a great opportunity to go here or to do that or, you know, yeah, I just, I I really am really appreciative of this episode uh, that really just, Highlights Karen Parsons as I think she, I think she's a fun, I think she's a fantastic comedic actress. I think yes. she's wonderful. Um, but just as a character too, like she does have value, and that there is something there, especially where, um, uh, especially with the dynamic with Will, like mm-hmm. Will and Carlton's dynamic is very much like they're supposed to be of similar age. You know, I believe right. they're in the same group, but I do like the fact that there is this adversarial Hillary will relationship where she's mm-hmm. clearly playing the role of the older sister and she's not afraid. And she, she's not at all impressed or intimidated by him or doesn't look up to him. No. Little Ashley does. So yeah, I, right. I absolutely love, love this. Yeah. She's not, she's not totally influenced. Right. So, um, yeah. We should probably tell the people what this episode is about. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so knowledge is power. I got this nice little tidbit from IMDb because sometimes they don't have clear, they don't have clear synopsis, right? Well, are you not on the fandom? Freshprince.fandom.com? No, like the fandom website? Yeah, so... Oh, do you want me to read the synopsis from there? Yeah, do that. This one like tells the whole story, which is fine, but go ahead. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, from freshprints.fandom.com, and this is the summary for Knowledge is Power. Here we go. In order to get the family car instead of Will, Hillary rats him out for several things, including getting in at 3 a.m. the previous day. Will plans revenge. While going to find out where Hillary is shopping, he learns that she dropped out of college three months ago. Will uses this in order to get Hillary to slave for him while he is punished. Hillary tries to get Carlton to go against Will, but he also uses it against her. At dinner, Hillary is subjected to humiliating acts from lists compiled by Will and Carlton, which ultimately causes her to snap from the confusion and admit to dropping out to Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, angering them both that she has lied for three months. Will and Carlton are grounded for a month for blackmailing Hillary, while Uncle Phil tells Hillary that she must get a job while she figures out what she wants to do with her life. Will tells Hillary that he never planned on telling Phil and Viv about her dropping out, and she tells him that she learned her lesson as he would have never blackmailed her had she not ratted him out to get him grounded for the car, so they are both even. Oh, wow. That was a a lengthy one. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on one second, Tony. Hold on one second. Oh, no. What's happening? I'm checking something. Oh, dear. Okay, so Arizona green tea break. Here we go. We're not sponsored by Arizona Green Tea, but if you guys are listening out there at Arizona Green Tea, big fan of your gr- green tea with cucumber and citrus. Oh, this is mine. Oh, <laughs> are you doing an ad? I thank am. You. Yes, thank you, Arizona Green Tea. <laughs> I got it, Tony. I'm holding it. What'd you do? What happened? I got the thing. Okay, I don't know what that thing is at all, but the okay. PlayStation. Oh, remember I told you I had a vantage point. So when Uh you were reading the synopsis, I saw the FedEx truck pull up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Medallia was actually uh, casing the FedEx guy waiting for her. (laughs) 
waiting for a PS5 to come into the mail. And Lord knows how PS5s are just in high, high demand these days. I don't at all blame you for just oh being like, you have to give that to me now. Girl, this shit is heavy. Uh-uh. Nope. I mean, the <laughs> shipping weight was 17 pounds. What? Yeah, if you if you like if you're ever near like a Best Buy, they have one on display. I didn't realize how ginormous it was. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not a gamer. I'm I'm I, I dabble, but I'm not a gamer. Ah, oh, sorry guys. I'm really excited because you know we didn't have to do Comic Con this year, so this is yeah. like I'm comparing yeah. this to the hotel, getting a downtown hotel for Comic Con. We're not broke. This is amazing. We're not broke. Yes. <laughs> We're, we weren't under the threat of con flu or overheating due to cosplays or what cosplays to get. Mm-hmm. But Tony, the good news is that I think we can have our Halloween party next year. <gasps> I'm so excited. We're throwing a party. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care that Halloween is going to be on a Sunday night. I'm throwing a party. That's happening. We're, we're throwing a party. But sorry, guys. Let's get back to the the episode i'm excited i got this now for somebody who really wanted it i mean i didn't buy it but i bought, i got you know i asked it for somebody I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay that yeah that was that was a big summary <laughs> yeah it's like a wikipedia size summary i mean it's like three paragraphs yeah so it's 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 involved but yeah um yeah, so I mean, it yeah. starts with um, uh, there's a gag with um, you know uh, Will walking in on um, <laughs> on Jeffrey as Jeffrey deaths and Jeffrey just kind of gets carried away with the music and begins dancing to uh, classical music, and Will ends up uh, trying to clown on Jeffrey, but Jeffrey being just the person. That you should not come for. Why? Because he's always <laughs> and he makes like the greatest joke about like uh, how he's so distracted by Will's ears and how huge they are and how they protrude from his head. And yeah. it's just like even the audience is just like, oh, oh wow, you getting clowns on your own show? That's great. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a really really great opening bit. But really, the crux of that opening is uh, Will is obviously trying to butter up Uncle Phil. He's mm-hmm. trying to say, like, oh, haven't you lost a couple pounds? You're looking chiseled. Look at Svelte. Look at you. And Uncle Phil totally knows what he's doing. Yes. But Hillary obviously is like, you know, I want a car. I have plans. And so she, of course, playing into her ditzy character is just like, well, I'm so glad that you'll have the car because I wouldn't want you to come back in into the house at 3 a.m. like you did last <laughs> night. <laughs> Oh gosh! And it's just like oh, I love it. And she just conti- It's like him getting in at three a.m. He's been paying off uh, Ashley to do his dishes, which I assume is one of his chores. And what right. was the other? Th- oh, he rents out the car to uh, to jazz. Oh, to jazz. And but so- you know, it was sorry to interrupt. <laughs> but no, it was a good callback uh, with you know him paying the- Ashley to do his chores because remember the last episode, she was like, um, it was like you know we should have the kids do more chores around the house. Right. So I thought that was a nice little callback to that. And then he was like, nah, I'll just pay Ashley. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Even his mom wouldn't sign up for that. Um, No, but I just love that by the end of it, Will ends up not getting the car. He ends up grounded for a month. Mm-hmm. And Hillary is just so pleased with herself. She's so smug. She walks out. She says something like, <laughs> I just don't know my own strength. Yeah. 
It's such a great scene. And Will, of course, breaks the fourth wall again, looks into the camera and, you know, yells, revenge. Revenge. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a a great, that was such a great little scene. Because like you said, it just, it really highlights Karen Parsons' comedic timing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't like really fake. It was very, you know, backstabby and like, she's going to get her way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is what I'm going to have to do. Right. And then I was just like, I was curious because I was like, well, how, how old do you have to be to drive a car? Why is Will just taking the car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems a little off, but I guess in Cal, cause I I'm from New Jersey. So New Jersey, you get your permit at 16 and you get your license at 17. But right. in California, it was you get your permit at 15 and then you get your license at 16. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. So I guess that, that fell in line a little bit. And, you know, whatever. It's a TV show. They take creative liberties. And he's a 22-year-old man. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a, a great. Was that the cold open? Yeah, that was the cold open. That was, was cold it? open. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it goes straight from the bit with Jeffrey into... Mm-hmm. Um, into where Will's trying to finesse, you know, the situation. Yeah. He ends up totally getting owned by Hillary, yeah. uh, which was amazing, awesome. And it goes directly into uh, the intro. Obviously, it's a good motivator to to kind of kick off all the events that happen in the rest of the episode. But right. in the back of my mind, I'm just like, why are they fighting over one car? <laughs> right. Why doesn't Hillary have her own car? How is she getting to school? Uh, it's a very good question. Jeffrey is Jeffrey driving her around? <laughs> they never really um, account for uh, yeah. If there is a driver, like there, we never see a driver, right? right. So he's, the family doesn't have a dedicated chauffeur. Um, and clearly, you know, we just saw Jeffrey in the house dusting, so mm-hmm. it's not like Jeffrey just drove her around. Even though yeah. I assume he would be doing a little driving here and there, which uh, he does do later in the show. I think we see right. episodes with that. I think it's more a thing that if they do have multiple vehicles, and I assume they do, especially probably one for Uncle Phil, one for Aunt mm-hmm. Viv, and probably mm-hmm. a third car, um, or maybe even one of their own cars where they do lend it out. Because um, it does sound like he's like, Uncle Phil says something where uh, he's like, every time Jazz is in the car, I find chicken bones or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's like, all right. We're going to have ribs tonight. And. <laughs> So I think it's, yeah, I think it's them borrowing the parents' car because the assumption is, is that the parents would be home and that mm-hmm. the kids would be able to take it out for the evening. But you're right. I don't yeah. know how Hillary herself is getting around. Um, I don't know. She goes out all the time. All She's the time. always coming from someone. Obviously, she has friends that she hangs out with, but it's just right. it's funny. Yeah. And I think it's also like we know for a fact that. And y'all, sorry, but y'all, there are no public transportation and yeah. <laughs> on the west Not side a, of California. Don't even no. say what a, uh, what a bus and a train and all that. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe taxis if she's, I mean, I guess she would have the funds for that, yeah. maybe, but I don't know. But, but I don't even see Hillary doing that, public transportation. Like, yeah, both Aunt Phil and, uh, I mean, sorry, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, they both have uh, day jobs. So they would both need their vehicles. So yeah, it's a little tricky. We never get to actually see, like... Obviously, we see vehicles throughout the show, but it's not mm-hmm. like they're so rememberable that we're like, oh, yeah, obviously, that's Uncle Phil's car or Aunt Viv's car, but whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. That so that aside, was funny. <laughs> so that aside, <laughs> uh, Will then goes ahead and he decides the thing to do is to basically stalk Hillary and her mm-hmm. friend Tony. 
Sherlock um, Homebody. We're introduced yeah. to the homeboy. I'm like homebody. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's I'm Sherlock Homebody. Sherlock Homebody. I saw these crimes right here in my living room. <laughs> um, no, so he ends up going to the dorm mm-hmm. uh, somewhere on UCLA, and he's well, first, to- first, Tony, where re- uh, Tony comes back mm-hmm. from the. I think the last time we saw her was the second episode of the season. Right with the country. And- club. Yeah, the country club. And then um, I think Aunt Viv comes in and Hillary's like, they're going to the library, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and then Tony's like, the library? It's like, no, I just made that up. We're going mm. to the mall or the store or whatever. So oh, that's, that's right. What, yeah. And Will is, is behind the sofa? Yes. Mm. <laughs> so then he goes and he tries to find out where they're at, but he goes to Tony's dorm room. Mm-hmm. on campus and he finds tony's uh roommates who yes. are very nice however yes <laughs> what's the saying go you can fix so many <laughs> no they're oh very gosh. nice they're both very nice girls unfortunately they're just not too uh not too swift on the uptake so um and they're just volunteering incriminating information. Yeah. Like they wouldn't find it weird that, you know, a, a family member's asking. <laughs> right. She dropped out. Da, da, da. Yeah. And she, and they're just like, oh, Hillary dropped out three months ago. And then we get the great Will Smith gif. You all have seen this gif everywhere yes. on the internet where Will looks to camera and he makes the ooh face. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and I ooh. <laughs> and That's he, where that originated. Yeah. And it's, and you know they, it, it's a it's cute interaction, but mostly it's just Will just trying to navigate between these two very ditzy characters, and he's just like okay. And we then cut back to the house, and you know Hillary is pretending like she's back from was it back from class or from studying from studying from class, yeah. And <laughs> Will tries to trap her. By saying like, oh, I, what did he say? I, I went to go see you at school. Yeah, he, she, he was like, which was weird again. He said yeah. that he sat in the back of her physics class and something really funny happens. And then that's when they started like fake laughing and Uncle Phil's like, what the is going on? Yeah, Will is trying to be like, oh, tell the funny thing that happened in class today. And neither one of them really has anything to offer in, in way of a funny story. Yeah. So they both just end up, Yeah, they both just end up looking ridiculous to everybody else, especially Uncle Phil, who's just like, ah, I guess that is funny. Okay, cool. Yeah. And leaves the room. Yep. Because yeah. this is uh, Will's way of letting Hillary know that he knows without him letting the family know. Right. And then it all comes, you know, out in the open. Hillary's like, what do you know? And he's like, I know it all. Um, (laughs) I know it all. And he basically is like, he leverages it. So that way he basically is like, you're going to do all these things I want. And no request is beyond you. Mm -hmm. And basically be my slave for the foreseeable future. And it's just like. Okay, and I remember Karen Parsons talking about um, she didn't realize like how much people didn't like Hillary until this episode. What? Because, really? Yeah, because she's just like I thought people thought that it that it was a dumb character. I didn't think that people straight up didn't like her. Mm-hmm. But I guess the whole laugh is that you know it's this snobby character finally getting her comeuppance. 
Right. Yeah. So whenever she like the next scene is like her coming into the room, into Will's bedroom and she's got like her hair up in a scarf. Mm-hmm. She's got like, what is it like a hamper of his clothes yep. or something? She does. Mm-hmm. And it's like a huge big laugh and everyone's just cracking up at everything that she has I did to notice do. that. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like she's talking about, you know, the biggest laugh, you know, that she talks about on that reunion special is yet to come. But yes. this interaction <laughs> where Will is just milking every single like she has to call him uh, your highness, your, your royal highness. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I'd like to speak to you about the royal sneakers. And it's like, dude, what? What do you do? And it, but at the same time, it's like this is exactly what a 16 year old kid would do. Would do. Yeah, I found that believable. Right. We all want our personal butlers as a teen, even now. Right. <laughs> And it's like Hillary is supposed to be older, but only around like what eighteen, nineteen. She's still. Well, no, they said she's twenty one at the end of the episode. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. so Uncle feels like you're twenty one years old. You know, it's time oh. for you to figure out what you want for yourself. Okay. Okay, so she's an adult, but a very young adult. Let's be real. Yeah. Like you let's be real. Twenty one. Yeah, you're still kind yeah. of. Yeah, and especially <laughs> as naive and sheltered as she is, like she's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So did this- you? Did you notice the graffiti on his walls? This was the first time I've ever noticed that. The graffiti on his walls? He has graffiti. Go back. He has graffiti on his walls. His walls are spray painted. Really? Yeah, with graffiti. Almost, you know, almost like the opening credits. Huh. In his bedroom? Yeah. This was the first time. Because, you know, I've seen this episode so many times. And, you know, we do this show, so we kind of like to analyze things. So I actually looked right. around this time. Yeah, and I was like, go back. It literally has spray painted, like, the Fresh Prince behind them. I mean, oh, it the, is. The, the framing is very, like, tight. So right, it's it not is. obvious. Uh, no, but, I yeah. think, yeah. Because, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't even think I registered it as spray paint. I think I just assumed that it was, like, a poster or something. Yeah. Because everything else on the walls that we do get to see, it's mostly just like, yeah, posters. Malcolm X, yeah. Yeah, and there's some basketball player. I don't know who it is. Um, Yeah, I guess is yeah so there is graffiti. I just don't know if it's actually supposed to be on the wall itself or if it's just, I don't know, maybe it's (laughs) I just can't believe, I can't imagine Uncle Phil just being down with that. Right. That's why I'm saying that. Like, maybe they just put up, like, some poster board or something and just allowed him to, like, do that. I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. Um, yeah, the room is pretty, I think this is, it's a pretty prototypical room for, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Posters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything's slightly yeah. askew. So that would yeah. be, like, you're too cool to hang up, you know, your, your posters or your pictures just straight up and down, vertical, horizontal. They always have mm-hmm. to be slightly askew because that's how cool you are, right? Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, so the graffiti thing, I think it escaped me, too. And, yeah, I I wouldn't have for a moment believed that Uncle Phil would have been okay with that at all. (laughs) Um, I do appreciate the fact that um, part of his, one of his requests is Henry read her, read him a bedtime story. (laughs) And it's a Spider-Man comic. Yes. And (laughs) and (laughs) It, first off, the joke itself is so great. To have somebody who won is not at all into comic books. Right. Is not at all finding any part of this <laughs> entire situation hilarious. And to just have them try to read through a comic book 
And at first, she's just reading the dialogue, probably what's just in like the 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 word bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. This is my favorite scene. <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, no. Like you must describe everything that's happening, right? Yes. And she's just like, <laughs> oh, but, but first she's like, can you just look at the pictures? <laughs> like Uncle Phil, I'm just asking. <laughs> I just love that whole interaction. And so when she has to describe how, like, ew, and he's, like, shooting this gross substance. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's exactly what Spider-Man would sound like to someone who isn't buying into any of this. Yeah, and she's she's like, she's like, what is this squiggly stuff on his head? I don't know, does he have, like, a headache? Oh, yeah, does his head smell? out of his head? (laughs) It's sense, and it's like. Oh, he's really smelly or something. <laughs> She's great. She's great. So, it's such a great, and I also love that it's just, especially for me and probably for you too, as like comic book fans, where it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, everything in that is 100% what would be in yeah. any Spider-Man comic. Like that, that great joke. I really, really do love that joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so we finally get through all of that to get to the scene that Karen Parsons did talk about uh, in that reunion special, which is her- <laughs> I'm glad because this annoyed me more so because of the audience reaction. So this is funny that you're bringing this up. Right. So she walks into the living room and there's Carlton and she's thinking that she's going to find an ally in Carlton. So she mm-hmm. explains what is going on and what is happening. But in order to do that, she confesses that she's dropped out of school. And the reason why she's doing all of these things is because Will knows it and is blackmailing her. And at first, Carlton is just, like, acting like he's shocked and scandalized. He's like, and he makes you do this, and he makes you do that. Do you clean up his room? And she's like, no, not yet. And he looks around and goes, will you clean mine? Yeah, will you clean mine? <laughs> it's like, I do like that. Laugh of the entire episode. And that's yeah. the moment that Karen Parsons says that she realizes how much people didn't like her character. Yeah, I was just like, wow, this is extra because I was just kind of talking it up because, you know, some of these tapings, they have audience hype people or right. coordinators that would like, you know, raise up the energy or quiet mm-hmm. down or clap or whatever. But, yeah, I was like, this is a little extra. Right. And I guess from the reunion show, we did learn that they didn't really need that. They didn't need a coordinator for that. Yeah. Um, that it so was- all, all of these reactions are usually organic. Yeah, and I... I- <laughs> I love Hillary. I've always loved Hillary, but I guess I could kind of see it where people just do find her, um, they find her character a bit annoying. And especially in the beginning where she is, you know, trying to be malicious and she is trying to get, you know, Will in trouble for, you know, for her own interest. So that way she can get the car. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember this as a little kid, but then again, at this point I would have been around like seven or eight years old when this episode mm-hmm. came out. Um, so I think I just thought that Hillary was just like really pretty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just would have thought that like, oh, she's so pretty and she dresses so nice and she looks like a princess. And that's what I want to look like when I grow up and I'm no longer, <laughs> you know, just an awkward little child. And yeah, so I don't think I would have ever, I, I, I never grown up experiencing, you know, Hillary hate at all. No, so me I, either. Not like to the I level can... of like the I hate Brenda club of 90210 or anything like what that. What is that about? What the hell? I don't know. I do chalk it up a little too, bit to like even today, female characters are most likely to be the most hated characters in an ensemble. True. Um, 
Yeah, and I guess they just needed someone to kind of, you know, put us, I don't know, the, the least favorite character or, you know, the most right, the fall guy. useless. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, oh, well. But anywho, Z, so they go, we go ahead and we go into the next scene. Um, and now Hillary is heading into dinner. But now she's pretty much being blackmailed by both Will and Carlton. And Will has a list of demands for her. Um, that involve her doing very specific things when anybody else does something. Uh, so it's something like anytime somebody says Will's name, she has to like say something extremely hyperbolic and complimentary, like Will mm-hmm. Smith is the master of the universe. Yes. Or anytime somebody takes a sip of their drink, she has to do these various other things. But Carlton, because he knows that Will is doing this to her, he has his own set of contradictory <laughs> of contradictory demands. So he's like, yes. anytime somebody does that, you insult Will. And like anytime you do this, you have to bark or something. So it's just like a bunch of things that she has to do depending on what other people are doing. And only half of the room knows what's happening. <laughs> I know for the, like all episodes, they're like, what is this weird behavior? Right. And it's just, yeah, but it's a really great scene just because <laughs> Hillary just had, I mean, there's so many gags, like one right after the other. And sometimes even simultaneously, Karen Parsons is fantastic. Karen Parsons mm-hmm. is amazing. It's one thing to like, just memorize your lines, remember where your blocking is. But when you have to like, keep the jokes going and the bits going, especially at such a rapid pace. That's she's fantastic. She is fantastic. Like I have the exact list too, of the things that she was supposed to do. Yeah. So go ahead. Like you said, so anytime uncle Phil takes a drink, she has to compliment. Will. like you said, (laughs) anytime anyone says her name, she barks like a dog. Yes. And then Carlton's (laughs) list is when Carlton hits the glass with a spoon, Hillary has to insult. Will. And then when he clears his throat, she has to smack Will on the head. (laughs) (laughs) So you just get this, like, Hillary Arf and smack on the head and then the clink of the glass to the boy. And she just completely (laughs) breaks. Poor Hillary. (laughs) Yeah, she just just breaks. And she's like, I dropped out of school three months ago. Okay, there. And the, the reaction that Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv have are so real. Like, I was just like, oh, shit. I feel like I had to leave the room. <laughs> all right. But all right, let's just all go. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I was like, you dropped out at school? Like, James Avery just has this dad presence. Like, none of it is forced. None of it is, like, a PSA or, or special of the week or moment of the, the episode, right? It's, right? it's just all organic. It feels like a reaction your dad would have, you know, especially if you're a minority. You mm-hmm. just know these pressures that you have. You got to go to college and you got to do these things and you have to be like twice t- uh, twice as good as, you know, your white counterpart. Mm-hmm. So you just know the pressures that you have. Like, <laughs> Completely. I, <laughs> and then I, was just like, three months ago. Three months ago. <laughs> Janet is hilarious in this. Janet Huber is so, and she doesn't get a lot of screen time in this episode. But what, yeah, three months ago. And then, like, Uncle Phil is like asking all these questions, and all I have can do it three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the first episode we learned she's a professor? Uh, Way earlier. I want to say it was earlier, wasn't it? I want to say, yeah, too, but I think I'm thinking of that episode where she teaches uh, Will and Carlton's class. 
I'm thinking, but so, I, is, did we already get through that? To be honest, I kind of started, one, when Fresh Prince got onto HBO Max, yeah. I kind of went on a binge, but then I realized, like, I need to stop that, especially for this uh, show, because mm-hmm. I was going to get the timing of it way too jumbled, and I wanted yeah. to be able to, yeah. So, honestly, I can't even remember if that episode, we've already covered no, it. No, I, I know that episode didn't happen, yeah, because that's okay. one of, another one of, like, Uncle Phil's greatest moments. It was like, you can put his posters on the wall, but I walked with the man. I heard him speak and all that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, so this so may this or may be. not have been. This might be the first time that it's, let's see. La 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 la. Yeah, they, uh, maybe they would have made a mention of it, especially because there are moments I know we have covered. Yeah. Where um, there was that one episode where she closed out uh, one of the shows with a reading, with like a poem. Yes. So I'm thinking that it was probably like dropped in a line somewhere about what it is that she does or what her degrees are in, or. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so, but I do. <laughs> I do love the fact, though, that Will and Carlton do not get off the hook. Right. Right. Because I feel like any other sitcom where this would have happened, the only person that would have ended up in trouble would have been Hillary for the lying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't so much end up in trouble as she does. No. She just has to, like, she has to talk to her parents and she has to let them know, like, Hey, like it's, 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 it wasn't going good for me. Like this wasn't what I wanted to do. And it just was too much pressure. And it's, it, it, it felt real. It felt authentic. It felt mm-hmm. like something that these characters would absolutely say to one another. Yeah. Um, but it also <laughs> felt like aspirational, like, Oh man, I really wish that if I ever had to tell my parents something like that, that this is exactly how they would react to me, that mm-hmm. they would be honest in their disappointment and their confusion, but at the same time, they'd be supportive of me. And that's what I think comes through with that conversation. Right. Um, I mean, let's be real. They don't think of Hillary as an academic, right? (laughs) I mean, talking about getting D's as her average and they just want her to have as many opportunities as she can. And back then it was all about, you have to have your college degree. Oh my God. Even be looked at. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I, I, I it, do the boys get punished before that conversation? No, or is it after? Wait, no, no, no. Sorry, they got they got punished before, and then yeah. Hillary comes back. Yeah. So I really love the fact that the, that the two are dealt with, and that they're just not like told to like go to your room. We have to talk to yeah. you. Yeah. He's Don't like, work. you know, we don't blackmail members of this family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cause yeah, that was a bitch move, dude. How are you going to do yeah. like, it was all fun and games. But then when you think about it, like, dude, you just straight up like, no, it's emotional <laughs> manipulation. I mean, she's <laughs> fearful. Obviously she kept it a secret for three months for a reason. Right. She's fearful. You have her doing these weird tours around the house, which I don't know how no one else knew that she was doing these things. Seriously. Where was everybody <laughs> else? Jesus. <laughs> The house is that big, I guess. They can just get away with that. But uh, I guess so. Uh, yeah, so they get grounded for a month. And Will had gotten grounded for a month, you know, previously for his, his car stuff. So he gets two months being grounded, which, yikes. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just I just love when Aunt Viv is like, you know, she, when she told us, like, she couldn't live up to our expectations and could never be as good as us, you know, she was like, basically, I felt that. And Uncle Phil's like, you mean you bought that crap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a I great mean, line. I, honest, you know what? But, though, it's like, 
as like uh, my own parents, right? They're some of the first within their own families to go to college, not like mm-hmm. the first, but like they're all within that generation yeah. in the fifties and sixties where, you know, people of color just started going to college like in mass. Right. Mm-hmm. And my parents come from that generation. So then, especially knowing just how dedicated and committed my parents have been to their own education and to their own ambitions. And then me coming along and thinking like, well, I guess I want to do a podcast today. Maybe I want to make a video, about <laughs> a movie trailer tomorrow. Yeah. There's always that weird thing of like, oh, maybe I should be doing something more real and like more mm-hmm. like ambitious the way that my parents did because they had that motivating factor because they, they, they had a similar story where like they grew up with not a lot of money. They grew up, you know, just trying to claw their way to a college education and now getting to experience, you know, all the benefits of that. But I, I, I appreciated that conversation that they had. And it, it, like I said, it rang true, it rang authentic, but it also was like, these are the moments where I believe that this family loves each other. Because so often, so many other families on sitcoms, I'm just like, y'all like each other? Okay. (laughs) You have no chemistry. Right. And, like, y'all just seem to be always yelling at each other and angry and not in a cute way. So, Mm -hmm. I These are definitely one of the tighter families on on television, for sure. And I love the last scene with with Will and and Hillary just because— Will always has, I think, very distinct dynamics with every single person in the house. Mm -hmm. His weakest connection, especially up to this point, would have been with Hillary. Yes. Because, you know, he's of similar age. He's going to school with Carlton. He's the one that he interacts with the most. Like, he's very protective and loves having fun with with Ashley. You know, he loves making fun of Uncle Phil and Mm -hmm. Jeffrey. And Jeffrey, yeah. Aunt Viv, he's very much like deferential to. I think he's the one that's like the one parental figure that he's, but at the same time, he knows that he can charm her and that she's very yes. much more like forgiving of him and his shenanigans. Yeah. And it just always seemed like with Hillary, she just would like, like in the first episode, like, oh, hi. And she would just go about, <laughs> you know? Yes. So I love that there was a moment that they could share together and that Hillary can actually meet Will Smith. Like the character with just as much shenanigans, like with the gag with the laundry, where she right. sit up and there's like a huge iron yeah. burn iron mark <laughs> on his lucky jewels, <laughs> lucky jewels, and she laughs and they just like chase each other out of the room and it's like oh like yeah that feels that feels exactly like something you would do to a cousin that you're like. Mm-hmm having fun with and picking on like I just yeah so I love this episode I really thought that it was really cute I thought that it went a long way in explaining a lot of things about Hillary that maybe we wouldn't have understood at all yeah and I love that they build on that and they don't leave her alone for like you just said there's another Hillary episode coming up in about a month mm-hmm. yeah. and honestly some sitcoms they would have left this character <laughs> alone and maybe gave us a Hillary episode once every every season yeah one a season. I de- I will admit that that last kind of scene, like it, it got me mad a little bit because she apologized. Like first he apologizes and he's like, maybe you know I took it too far. I was never gonna dime you out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I you know I didn't know you were gonna break like that. I'm sorry. But then she's right. like, you know, I, uh, maybe I did this to myself. No, I'm sorry because if I didn't rat you out before, and I'm like, no. 
<laughs> no, you don't need to apologize to, but I just figured like maybe it was part of the act <laughs> as part of her final reveal of the magician with the, the, the damaged Oh, you mean like underwear. she would set him up for the gag? Yeah, because she's all forlorn him and he's like, maybe, you know, I did this to, I brought this on myself and I was just like, uh, oh, F this. I hope she's not sincere about that. I mean, she did, okay, she didn't need to go ahead and get him, I think it would have I, I think what she probably would have felt sorry for is getting him grounded for the entire month, sure. right? It's one thing to be like, oh, you came in at 3 a.m. and then he loses out on the car and gets grounded for a week. But then mm-hmm. to go the extra mile and then basically drop every other secret he has so that way he gets grounded for a month. Like, yeah, like I, that was a bit extreme. So I, I, I didn't have a problem with that apology. Um <clears throat> But I certainly don't think that I. I think I agree to you. I agree with you to some extent. Where it's like, well, first off, your 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 relative shouldn't be blackmailing you. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it was relatively, thankfully, relatively harmless stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, laundry, comic books. You know, yeah. uh, compliments at dinner. Um, Carlton is the little evil one who actually. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put t- Carlton totally off the hook. <laughs> he's the one actually having her smack the crap out of him at the dinner table. Yeah. Oh my God. It makes for great TV. But when you think about it, it's like, Oh, Carlton's a little, mm, okay. So not only, not only is he torturing Hillary, he's going to also torture Will by proxy. Like that's uh-huh. <laughs> great TV. But in real life, we would have been like, Oh, so you're a little sociopath. Okay. <laughs> well, you cleaned mine. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Jesus, that was just a great turn. That was a great turn because you know Carlton and well, they don't get along that much, and Carlton will do anything to kind of you know get back at Will for whatever reason. But no, he turns in his own sister to get a little bit of servitude himself, even though they have a family butler. Right, he does all these things. He does, he does all this. Uh, yeah. I think there's probably also something implied too, where they talk about, you know, where he's like, I didn't know you were going to crack like that. Yeah. I don't think anybody really appreciated that. I think people just assumed that she just quit going to school and she just was like, okay, whatever. I don't care about it. But it's obvious in talking to her parents that she's like, I did think about this. I wanted to be good at this and it just wasn't happening. And I just felt all this pressure and, mm-hmm. you know, all this, you know, panic and guilt and anxiety. And she just, she cracked. Yeah. She couldn't take it anymore. So I, th- I don't think anybody really appreciated the fact of her. Le- I think they just assumed that she just walked off campus, walked into a mall Mm-mm. and just never left. You know, that's a big decision. I right. mean, I will tell all of you guys, <laughs> I'm not that, I'm not that old, but even I'll just say it was, what year is this? Okay, let's just say it was like 15 years ago. <clears throat> Even I felt the pressure that I had to go to college right. to, to just have a backup, a fallback, because I'm in the creative arts. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're not going to be rich off of that. Maybe 1% of people pursuing my career get rich. But I do have a degree to fall back on, but I kind of did feel pressure to get it because I just kind of wanted to move to L.A. or New York and just start my career. Right. And every and a lot of people might be like that. You might be like, college is not for me, but I'm not sure. Da, 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 da. So what I did end up doing was I went to community college for a couple of years. Number one, it was cheaper and it was close to home. And I also needed to help my mom and my sister. But I would recommend that you at least try community college and get your your prerequisites in. 
or your, um, I forgot what else they call it. It's like oh, your yeah. standard classes that you have to have anyway before you can start your um, major classes. Yeah. It's your prereqs. It's mostly your, your liberal prereqs. Arts. Yeah. Yeah. Your liberal arts requirements. Exactly. So I always recommend people do that or, you know, just, you know, don't feel the pressure. You can always go back later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say like, I totally regret going to school, but mm-hmm. I am sitting on like $35,000 worth of debt. <laughs> and really the only thing I got out of that was maybe one connection because everything is about networking and who, you know, and that's how I get the work that I get now. Right. Um, but I'm not here to advise people not to go to school. <laughs> it's just really a, a personal choice. But the fact that you have to go to school and get a degree to, to move up in your career is totally false it's not a yeah, thing anymore not I, zero <laughs> times i have never ever 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 been asked of to for anyone to see my degree in the job interview right. never been asked to send it never even been asked about my school i mean sometimes you'll get lucky and interview with somebody who went to your school but that's never been yeah. the case with me so you can honestly make it up <laughs> you can say right. you went to princeton for four years or or Rutgers or nobody wherever. Nobody is calling the school. State. Nobody is checking in to see if you actually graduated with the GP yeah. that you claim you graduated with. And if you and if the, and the people who would be checking in on that, those are very very few few select uh, employers who would actually check mm-hmm. in on that. That is not a usual practice thing. No. Uh, I went to school. I went to, um, especially after deferring for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I really did. Uh, but I didn't walk away with a huge amount of debt. So that I assume colors a lot of like, uh, my, my perception of my time there. The fact that mm-hmm. I didn't have to be saddled with a lot of student loan debt that I'm still wrestling with. Like, you know, even now, like 15 years yeah. later, um, and you're, but, you, you lived at school. I lived at school. That was another okay. thing too. I was I, a commuter. <laughs> yeah. So I lived at school. And the one thing I always tell people is like, yeah, you absolutely shouldn't go to school if you don't want to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the whole university thing, especially if you're living on campus and you're having that traditional university experience, mm-hmm. what you're getting is not the actual classroom. That, the degree is kind of besides the point. What you're getting is the experience of being on a university, being on your own for the first time, meeting your own friends on your own terms, um, having, and you're supposed to be kind of setting up your, the foundation, you know, the support system socially. Right. And then along the way, you also get to walk away with a degree that hopefully should have prepared you to do something. Um, but that's not always a guarantee because unless you are part of such a, targeted regimented program, you know, like I got an English degree. Nobody exactly was trying to like, tell me like, this is what you have to take. And this is when you have to take it. They just right. kind of said, here's what you need to do in order to get your degree. Now go do it. Meanwhile, I had friends who were in, you know, uh, the music program and, and the, the college of music, and they had a very highly regimented <laughs> program. So their guidance was a lot more apparent. Right. And they benefited mm-hmm. from that. So, yeah, if anybody's out there wondering about that whole thing, just make the decision that's going to be best for you. The whole university thing, especially if you have to, like, end up something with, like, you know, God, six figures of um, (laughs) student loan debt. Like, dudes, Mm -hmm. let's just maybe think about that before we do that. Because I have so many. I have a a friend who is an accountant at Lockheed Martin. All right. He's an incredibly (laughs) accomplished and intelligent young man. Right. Mm-hmm. And he is on his way to 40 years old, and he is still dealing with student loan debt, even though he is at 
someplace as prestigious and competitive as Lockheed Martin. Oh yeah. It's like, wow. I, that, that still like blows my mind every single time. And in fact, it's kind of like my bucket list thing. If I ever get, if I ever win the lotto, that's the thing I'm doing. I'm just literally paying off everybody's student loan debt. So that way they can just like rage quit. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And put it up. Like, that's like the dream for me. That's what I'm going to be doing with my lotto money. Everybody's student loan debt of like my closest friends would just disappear overnight. Well, if Biden Harris don't take mine away, I'll let you know. So it's going to be first in line. I'll camp out for that shit. You're on my list, Maggie. Don't worry. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. So before we, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, say, are we going to read this episode? Yes, we're going to rate it. But before we close out and rate it, um, you don't really have to tell this story, but have you had to deal with like a major lie that you kept for your, from your parents? A uh, major lie that I had to keep from my parents. Major lie? A major lie. What is a major lie? A lie? I like a Hillary, like the, uh, the Hillary-esque. Uh, no. Because I kind of have a story. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have a mother who the only, we never agree on anything. So I am very mm-hmm. comfortable with disagreeing and being at odds with my mother. So the idea mm-hmm. of having to hide something from her has never really been like that. Yeah. Um, I think the closest thing that I could kind of compare it to would be like when I came out to my parents. But at that point, mm-hmm. my sister was already out and she was, you know, engaged. Hey. So my sister had already done a lot of the work of being like the first person <laughs> out in my family. And then especially like coming out as a femme presenting bisexual woman, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, it's not like I had a new girlfriend or anything to bring home to my parents. It's not like I had to prepare them for the shock of, oh, hi, person in my life. Here, I'm gay and here's my fiance and she's a woman and we're adopting a a black baby from Africa. Right. No, no, (laughs) it was just more like, I've come to realize something about myself and I'd like to share that with y'all. And that was still scary within itself, but I wouldn't call it a secret. I think it was just more about me finally being comfortable enough with the idea because especially with bisexual people, we always like wrestle with the idea of, am I gay enough to really be outing myself? Am I really like, there's nothing to, there's nothing about my life right now that is going to change as a, as a, you know, as a consequence of me coming out. So is Mm -hmm. there any, necessary but um i want to hear your story so what is this lie that you <laughs> what is it well it wasn't even to my own parents okay not as big like obviously i've like kept shit and um but this one was my ex-fiance oh yeah <laughs> my ex-fiance had quit his job we worked at the same job at home depot like eons ago Okay. And he had quit he had quit that job because it was just too grueling. He was a, a department head and this that, and the other. And he got an offer to work at uh Wawa to be okay. an, a, a manager at a Wawa. So, you know, you make a lot more money. Cause basically if you're a department at a at a store like Lowe's or Home Depot, you're you're honestly you're dealing with uh, probably a million dollars a year. So that qualifies you to right. be a manager anywhere else when you're dealing with that high volume. So he was a manager at Wawa. Um, but Wawa is really gru- grueling. It's, it's basically like sheets and, uh, any kind of like Seven Eleven, more high end Seven Eleven. but anyway, right. <laughs> uh, so it was grueling. He had to work They're open 365 days a year, mm. seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So his, his schedule was crazy. So about six months into it, he was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to quit. 
but I'm not going to tell my mom. <laughs> and he's 23 years old. And what? I'm, I, <laughs> Wait, he's, what? Yes. He's 23 years old. I'm 19 going on 20. Okay. And I was like, are you serious? When I was just like really annoyed because I was in school. So I went to school full time and I worked two part-time jobs. I worked at Home Depot and then I worked at GameStop during the holiday season. And then I had an internship at the radio station in Philly. So I wasn't really trying to hear anybody complaining about their workload, (laughs) but whatever. I went with it because, you know, we're engaged or whatever. And he has his BMW that's under his mom's name. So he doesn't really want to jeopardize that either. So for months, he would get dressed in the morning for work and just be out the house all day, pretending like he's going to work. (laughs) What? Yes. Because he lived at home with his mom and his grandmom and his little brother. And he knew his mom was going to be pissed if he quit yet another job. (laughs) <laughs> and he had no plan. Like he quit. He had no plan. There was no unemployment because wow. he quit. You can't get unemployment when you quit. Right. He had no backup job. It wasn't like when he quit Home Depot and he had Wawa. Like he had nothing. He would just. He was addicted to playing the Matrix online. Oh no. <laughs> Drinking Diet Pepsi. Oh no. And that's it. When he was home, and I was just like, I had to sit with this lie and pretend and pretend like oh, he was no. going to this job. Then she would ask him about work, and it was so bad like like why why yeah you know your mom would probably be pissed for like three days a day right yeah yeah, a day a week that's nothing compared to this stupid ass lie we're doing for months on end oh my god yeah so when it finally came out it was like a huge blowout and she basically like took his car (laughs) (laughs) she took his car because it was like how the fuck are you making payments and you know yeah yeah, it, it was a struggle because he was going through his paycheck. So there was a point. I was, there was a point where he couldn't make the next payment. I was like, "You got to tell your mom this is under her credit or and whatever. Like this mm-hmm. bill has to be paid." Oh my god! Uh, so that was just like the start of like our relationship deteriorating as well. I see. <laughs> my goodness, I no. <laughs> Right? No. no. If no. that would have had no, Belinda would have known from day one. <laughs> Listen, I gotta tell you something. Um, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Cause that's yeah, that's one thing if it's like your own like secret you gotta deal with, but then if you yeah. with it on behalf of somebody else, like oh. Yeah. It's like, oh. I don't want to lie to your mom. She's supposed to be my future mother-in-law. Right. And it's, oh. you know, from me personally, it's kind of a dumb lie. I, I kind of right. get it, but it's kind of dumb. <laughs> no, I've been lucky enough that I've never had to like, yeah, I've never had like a huge, huge secret that I felt like it, it, it took like, you know, considerable, you know, effort in order to like hide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it just was always like, ah, oh, things have happened, but it's not really worth telling anybody. Exactly. Because it's like just little like, white lies. Right. So it's just like, eh, okay, cool. But yeah, something like that. Oh my God, no. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're out of that. So thank you. Me too. Maybe yeah. I would have been a freaking child bride. Oh my <laughs> God. See, I, was, I wasn't going to say anything, but yes, you were. Ah! <laughs> child bride. But child arrived. I'm glad you're here. The listeners are glad you're here. I'm thank sure, you. I'm sure Hillary Banks would be glad that you're here too if she were real. Oh, thanks, Hillary. It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah, so let's rate this episode. Yes. What's our scale? Between five or ten? One and I think it's ten. 
Okay, 10. Um, I give it an 8.5. I will also give it an 8.5. Again, I like giving Karen Parson a bigger role in anything and more dialogue. I'm here for it. Right. Um, it was a pretty quick-paced episode. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it dragged anywhere. Yes. Um, into a couple of new settings. And like you said, like Will and Hillary got to have a dynamic. Um, their dynamic develops now. Um, yes. Pretty good key lines there. You know, will you clean mine and the whole Spider-Man one. And then mm-hmm. the dinner scene. Of three course. months ago. Yes. Three months ago. Yes. Three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just, it was very tight. The directing was much better. Um, and it is the same director, Jeff Melman, um, and the writer, let me go back. The writer on this is Rob Edwards. Um, mm-hmm. so Jeff Melman's directing has been a little give or take, um, kind of in the middle of the season there. We're getting towards the end of the season now. It's a little clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I liked this, uh, a lot. I did like this episode a lot as well. Yeah, I, I think, you know, echoing everything that you said and, you know, there's some gifable moments from, mm-hmm. from this episode. It's definitely one of the more memorable episodes throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, the fashion is definitely like, oh, yeah, I definitely remember that dress. I remember that outfit. <laughs> yeah, I always appreciate that. And, yeah, I, I think it just goes a long way to laying the foundation down so that way, um, it would, like I said, it would have been very hi- easy for Hillary to just bow out after the first or second seasons. Yeah. And she just would have come in and out, like maybe the way that the aunts do, you know, whenever. Or we- yeah, she can always be this one-off character. There's no obligation to develop her at all. Right. Because she is just, you know, an addition, you know, like the heir and the spare. Right. Like Will is the main character and mm-hmm. he, and really, as we learned in the reunion, it was supposed to be a story between Uncle Phil and Will and their dynamic, which slowly uh, shifts over to Will and Carlton. Mm-hmm. But no, they want to make sure that you feel like this is a real family and he has a relationship with every single person. Yeah, and I definitely feel like everybody has not just not just a relationship with Will, but with each other, you know, mm-hmm. separate from Will. And I do really love that. So I think that this one, I think... Yeah. Whenever, you know, if we were to rank top 10 episodes, I don't know if this one would have made it, but Mm -hmm. I think it would have definitely made top 10 underrated episodes where it's like the quiet ones, the more down low ones that are actually building upon, you know, either the world itself or within Mm -hmm. the foundation of the family. And we have so many realistic interactions because I know a lot of our gripes is like, would a teenage boys actually act like this? And why is Will acting like this? And, you know, what, what is happening here? But I felt like every... Every single piece of dialogue, every single interaction and reactions, mm-hmm. like, was realistic. <laughs> I could completely just imagine my parents doing that or uh, siblings doing that and cousins doing that. It's just, it felt natural. It felt age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll do it for yeah, man. episode I know it's episode 14 for us. I think it's 12 for the series. Knowledge is power. I think it's 13 uh, or I 13. Don't know. Yeah, maybe 13. Yeah, it's 12 or 13. Um, check it out. A uh, really, really tight episode from start to finish. Um, yeah. So we are going to catch you guys next week with uh, Day Damn One. <laughs> 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 More Bel Air Academy nonsense. Yes. Woo-hoo. Not as strong as an, of an episode, in my opinion. Probably not. 
go with that. Um, but yeah, tune in next week for that. Um, guys, stay safe, especially with all the Christmas shopping uh, online. Stick with online. I've ordered so much online, I've lost track of my online orders. I don't know what's being delivered when. <laughs> when I got to pick up. Yeah, just don't even try to keep track of it. Just let it just let it come in. As okay. it does. It's got to now, but next year I'm definitely going to uh, break out an Excel spreadsheet. Definitely. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. The Fresh Podcast of LA is sponsored by Rat House Productions. They do have a full podcast studio available for rental and producing. So if you ever wanted to start podcasting, but you don't have the equipment, for a low price, you can have a full podcast set up at your leisure. We are also sponsored by Grinding Coffee Company. Grinding Coffee Company is a black LGBTQ plus affiliated and owned coffee business that is aimed at providing coffee to gamers, podcasters, and streamers. They serve high quality premium coffee to customers around the world with flavors such as Mexican chocolate, Cinnabon, and pumpkin spice. 50% of the proceeds from all company branded merchandise are directly donated towards a charity of their choice that is in need. Their passion is giving back to those in need, just like we once were. For 13% off your order, please use the code MiggySpicy. And again, you can go to GrindingCoffeeCo.com. That's GrindingCoffeeCo.com to order. If you would like to send feedback or any questions to the show, you can email us at thefreshpodcastofla at gmail.com. Again, our email is thefreshpodcastofla at gmail.com. And please rate us on iTunes.